This is a special report from the Agopod News Desk. Here is Mike Hubbard and Ken Jenkins. What's up, Mike Hubbard? Happy holidays, Ken Jenkins. Happy holidays to you, brother. We've almost made it. Through another year. Another one. Yeah. In the books. In a year it has been. We've learned a lot. (laughs) Couple old dudes. You know I learned a lot this year, man. Oh, bro. Learned a lot. Been through a lot. I learned a lot. Been through a lot. 2021, I'm glad it's done. (laughs) You made it through to the other side, though. Yeah, man. Thank God. Thank Thank God. God. Well, welcome, everyone, to our first Christmas special. Yes. I feel like we should have some Christmas music going. That would be a nice touch. But I don't want to get sued. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Licensing is so complicated. Yeah. Yeah, we should. uh, You know what I mean? We should have had some. We could have made our own little mixtape. I know. You know what I mean? Play Curtis Blow's Christmas rap. Yeah, he don't care. He won't sue us. <laughs> is, he st- is he still alive? I don't know, man. That's a good question. He was just in New York. Curtis Blow's still alive. I was. I didn't see Curtis. You didn't see Curtis? <laughs> Did not. Didn't no. see Jay. No, didn't see Jay. No. The Jizzy. The Jazzy. I didn't see I didn't see nobody. Jay your bouncy. I you know what? I saw Latrell Sprewell. You did? I did. Was he in an orange suit? He was in a blue suit. He was in an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> nah, he's free. He is free. I might have seen an ankle bracelet, but. Did he know, choke you? He's free. Nah, he didn't. I didn't get close he enough. He didn't get close enough. That's probably a good thing. And I didn't I didn't speak. You didn't speak to him? You know, he wasn't them angry looking, bro. He's just angry all the you time. Know what I mean? man. And he tall, and I'm like, nah, I don't think I'm going to bother him. What was he doing? He was actually in this restaurant. That was in the hotel we were staying in. Oh, you was you were balling. No, we were not. You were in the hotel with Spree. No, we weren't. But oh, we were near we Madison were, Square Garden. You in the Four Seasons? No, sir. The Ritz? No. No? But it's near the garden, and um, it was a night they played L.A. Oh, okay. And people said he's in this restaurant all the time. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I saw him. Was he waiting? No, Cooking? he just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a bouncer for a minute. He but. still got some of that NBA money left? Uh, I don't know. I hope he does. Yeah, I hope the brother does too. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Well, it's good to be back. Yeah, man. It's good to be back for another episode. There's so many things we want to talk about. But first of all, we got a lot of stuff going on here at the table. A lot. A lot of stuff. Got the nativity scene there. Yeah. Got some recommended readings. Absolutely. Some angels. We need them. We need angels. They on my side of the table. Yeah, we noticed that, right? Yeah. You got all the angels on your side. I need them, bro. I used up my angels I know. a couple of months ago. Your angels on vacation. <laughs> Mine's like, I'm taking a break. They like, this dude don't woe us out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in the new year, bro. <laughs> I need some 2022 angels. Yeah. We got some angels here. We got the baby Jesus. We got Mary, and uh, we got some finally some wise men sitting wise at the table. Wise men, finally. <laughs> we got <laughs> some comic book characters and uh, 
course, we representing our HBCs. Yeah. And that's going to be a good topic. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, man. On an upcoming episode, uh, the new wave of college athlete that's going to HBCs and just that whole decision process. Yes. Uh, it's changed, man, since we were since we were kids. It has. And I think when the last president was elected or the last few years, I've heard enrollment or applications at HBCUs have like skyrocketed. Really? And more and more of our young people are choosing HBCUs. You, no, you talk you talking about the orange dude or the one before him? The orange dude. The orange dude. Yeah. Okay. And then right. you know that was in combination with all the social unrest mm, and gotcha, things gotcha. like that. It gotcha. spurred a uh a resurgence. A lot of black kids want to be with their own people. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, Dion going to Jackson State didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. It did not hurt. Prime time. Prime. But before we go on, we would be remiss not to congratulate the South Old Cliff yes. Golden Bad SOC. Yeah, twenty twenty one champs in the house. Good yeah. job. Good job. Man. Old Cliff. Old Cliff. I'm from New York. I know you don't know nothing about Oak Cliff, bro. I don't know nothing about Oak Cliff. I'm high side. High side, and that boy, that's where the high side and original. Did you grow up in Oak Cliff? No, nah, man, I grew up in Fair Park, South Dallas. Fair Park, South Dallas. Is that better than Oak Cliff? Or is that we thought it was? <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny when I was in high school, the Oak Cliff girls looked down upon us. Really? Yeah. Not just because you were short. See, see, <laughs> see. You know, see. <laughs> Where's my angels, man? Can I? I need. I'm gonna turn this one. This way. You gonna turn towards me? <laughs> <laughs> no, they 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 view Fair Park, South Dallas is like the real ghetto. Really? Back in the day, Oak Cliff was kind of like the suburbs. Oh. See, people recently moved here. Now they call all of that Southern Dallas. Okay. Back in the day, that's not what it was. Okay. South Dallas was in that St. Phillips, Fair Park, Bonton, Lincoln High School. You never heard of Bonton? It's the ice cream, isn't it? No, nah, bro. It's a neighborhood. Bonton. Yeah, man. Wow. That's where Chris Bosch, the great Chris Bosch, grew up in Bonton. Really? Yeah, man. So you guys had levels to the hoodism. We did. Yeah. You know. In South, South we didn't, Dallas. We didn't know any better. Fair Park. I mean, Oak Cliff was more single-family homes, you know, professionals. Uh, probably the education level was a little higher. So there was kind of a difference, kind of. But uh, now it's all South Dallas. Because I know I when, when I, we were first looking at a home out here, we looked in uh, – Oak Cliff. Because mm-hmm. there were some parts, the homes were just incredible. Right. Like over near, I think they call it Dallas Country Club now. Okay. Is it Dallas Country Club? The golf course, Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship recently bought. That was like a upscale black neighborhood. Okay. You know, like politicians and athletes and whatnot kind of lived in that area. Uh, but over the years, black people started moving out towards into DeSoto, Duncanville, 
Cedar Hill, Red Oak. And that's why if you, with South Oak Cliff, that's the first DISD school to win a football title in like since 19, since Carter. I th- did Carter win the state championship when they had all those guys? I know they won. No, that was that the year that they were they ineligible? Took it away from them? Yeah. Yeah, that was the year they took it away from them. Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine, a guy I met who was actually in, in my film, uh, directed that movie, Carter High. Mm. Um, and another friend produced it. Um, yeah, I think that was the year they took it away from them. Right. So, yeah, that kind of, when that when black people started moving out to the burbs, the burbs. from Oak Cliff, it diluted all of the talent in DISD, in my opinion. Like this. This ice ball is diluting my your green, coffee, green, green your tea. tea. I know. Don't you hate it when that happens? Hate it when that happens. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> we've digressed enough. We have. Let's talk about something that we 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 brought up uh, in our conversations about our younger generations and the desensitivity to violence. Right. Something that I personally think. We have video games to blame. <laughs> really? So you're in that camp? I'm in that camp. We are so desensitized to violence because it's such a it's such a part of our everyday life now. Not just, you know, it's no longer I only see it when I turn on the news at night. Right. It's like it's I'm buying it for my kids to entertain them. Right. right? These violent games. You know, I was watching uh, some program the other day, and a commercial for Call of Duty came on. Oh yeah, and it was. I'm sitting there flabbergasted. That's, it looks cool, though. It it looks cool, but then this was, you know, just a couple of weeks after the young man shot the folk in Mansfield in the school, hmm. in Mansfield, and then a couple of weeks before the other young kid, uh, with the help of his parents, right, shot the kids up in the Wisconsin school, right, right. And I'm saying to myself, man. At some point, we have got to take accountability for what we're doing and how we're raising this next generation. What are your thoughts? But you know, it's funny because compared to our generation, we (laughs) actually experienced violence because we would have fights, fist fights, on a regular. Yeah, fist fights don't happen anymore. No. Except for in, in boxing. Right. And so now kids now don't actually experience real violence. There's nothing like the experience of getting punched in your nose. Oh, my God. Right. To or punched in the eye. Uh, yeah. Because then you got to go back <laughs> home and you got to explain that to your dad. <laughs> right. And, and if, you, if you had a dad like mine, he was like, you better go back out there. And you got to go back. <laughs> you need to go back. <laughs> then you come back with two, two black two eyes. Two black eyes. <laughs> and a bloody nose now. Yeah. So it's interesting because they only experience violence through the lens of a movie or a video game or some uh, fictional type situation. But I can remember, man, I never forget. We were this rec center we used to hang out at one summer in Fair, you know, in Fair were, Park, South Dallas. South Park? Dallas, bro. They had a rec centers there. We had a rec center. Okay. With actual indoor gym and all that. Wow. Yeah, we did. We had water fountains with cold water in it and everything. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you we had lights? We had lights. <laughs> the lights worked. 
But anyway, you know, we would hang out at the rec center. Back in the day, softball games were a big deal. So, like, at night, there would be softball games going on, people at the rec center, a lot of activities. And one night, we were just up there, because, you know, back in the day, if you had beef with people, you know, and you see the person, he's going to fight. Meet you at 3 o'clock. He's going to fight. But this one dude, we were just standing there talking, and this dude, like, walked past us. Next thing I know, I hear this loud... Dude just cold cocked the dude and knocked him out. Scared the crap out of me, man. That's the hardest punch I've ever seen. <laughs> Scared the crap out of me. But that's the kind of stuff we experienced. But we didn't even have the fear of where well, he's going to go get a gun. Yeah. You know, dude might have a knife, maybe. But... And the knife was really taking it to another level at that point. Exactly. Right. Dudes who carried knives was like yeah. hardcore. Or one of those Afro picks, because those things were sharp. You could hurt somebody. Yeah, you could hurt somebody with one of those. An Afro pick to the to the eye, man. Yeah, that'll man. Be, that'll be bad. And I had one of those big Afros too. I had one of those like so, I, it wasn't even the Michael Jackson for it, it was with Foster Silvers. Oh Remember my the God. Silvers? That was serious, bro. <laughs> Like Where like the wind blowing and oh, be blowing. Oh man, it looks so nice. I wish we had slow mo back then. Right. Man. Like, and with your silk shirt on. Yeah, my bell bar. Anyway, Dude, anyway, yeah. So I think the the generation now they don't really, maybe they don't understand violence is real. Maybe I don't know what they. You know, it's weird. I a, a part of me wants to. Go along with you on that, but the other part of me is like, you got to know if you shoot somebody, you're going to hurt them. You're going to hurt them, you're going to kill them, and you may go to jail for the rest of your life. Yeah. If not, get shot yourself. If you're black, you're going to jail. If you're black, you're going you're gonna no get shot. No question. <laughs> you're going to get shot. First. Right. <laughs> then if you survive, you're going to jail. You're going to jail. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I hesitate to blame it on video games. Well, not just video games. So I use video games as the overarching example, yeah. right, of the things that we're allowing our kids to take into their into their, their, their spirits, right? You made a good comment to me, and actually I just said it to someone uh, the other night, uh, a good friend of mine who helped me decorate. Um, and the decorations are beautiful. Yeah. You guys can't see it, but it's, yeah. it's absolutely Beautiful. And in the field, a lot like Christmas. It does. Even though it's like 75 degrees. <laughs> it does feel like Christmas. And, and you counted them up. What, I got six Christmas six trees? Six trees. But the, they're, they're little trees. Some They're two decent-sized trees, and the other ones are, are little ones. Right. Tabletops. And some black Santas. I love the black Santas. Yeah, man. Although we know Santa wasn't black. He went, well... Because the brother ain't living at the North Pole. No, too cold. Stop outside. He might visit, but he ain't living there. I just felt like this year, man, I wanted to really, really celebrate yeah. just being here, being alive, and <laughs> another year, and and really get into the festivities. And Don't take it for granted. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely can't take it for granted. Yep. But we were talking about violence. I know yeah, we, yeah. we get off track. We do. We get off track a lot. It's okay. <laughs> we're 50-something. Yeah, we're 50-something. And we, we know a little something. And if I just see like a light flashing over there, it's like... Distracted. What was that? It's like the dog, right? Squirrel! Squirrel! Right, right. <laughs> Chasing cars all over the place. But, but anyway. So I think you, you had made a good comment to me the other day 
about um, the song that I was singing during one of those those most conference calls when I was in the hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a it was a song by a friend of a friend, um, Darlene McCoy, saying "I will live and not die." Right, right. And then you made the comment about you know you just it, it makes you realize that you have to pay attention to what you're taking in. Right, right. Because those are words that I spoke, not even realizing I was speaking or singing them. Right. Apparently, I was trying to right. sing them. You did. But it was so apropos to that moment, right? right. You know, fighting for my life um, and and trying to get better and, and just speaking to God. Yeah. You know, so my point being, we let these things enter into our kids' spirits through their, what, what old folk used to call the eye gates. Right. Right. And, and then they end up reliving those things in how they deal with other people. You right. Know, they see, they don't see death as a final end all and be all. Right. They just see it as, you know, going to the next level of the game. And, you know, just to take that even a step further, mm-hmm. relationships now are so virtual. You know what I mean? Yeah. People date through apps. People play video games with each other via the internet. Every Even church now, we... Most of us are still virtual. Right. So our interaction with each other face-to-face has dwindled. I mean, just think about it. This is a sunny Saturday. It's a little chilly. But all the way over here to your house, I don't see any kids riding bikes, playing football, nothing. No kids outside. True. We stayed in the streets. You know, till the till the street lights came on. Till the street lights came on. Yeah. If they were didn't working, matter, didn't matter the weather. Yeah. If they were working in my neighborhood. See, well, we would be breaking them out, so they wouldn't work. We'd be tapping into them, plugging, putting. He'd be like, "Mom, it didn't come on. It's broke." <laughs> 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 but you're right. You're right. We'd be outside and not coming in. Hated to come in. Right, Mama? Can I stay outside just a few more minutes? Right. Right till my daddy whistled. Right. right, he had this. He had this whistle that everyone in the neighborhood. You're like up the block. Oh my goodness! If you heard that, everyone stopped just for a second, because it was like the universal neighborhood whistle. Like, like Ken, your right? dad is and calling like, you. Oh, bro. Ken, your dad calling you. Better go. You better leave, man. You better leave. <laughs> yeah, but we did. We stayed outside. Right, and we learned how to interact. We learned yeah. how to manage conflicts and deal with bullies and. All of that, you know? Kids now don't know how to do it. So when they're confronted with an interpersonal situation, a lot of them really don't know what to do. They just kill. Right. So their inclination is to, first thing they do is lash out. Yeah. You know. Now, how they get guns and all that, that's a whole nother topic. Oh, my goodness. Because... When I was 12, 13, 14, 15, getting a gun wasn't even, it, it wasn't a thought. How did you get one? <laughs> Bruh, I don't know. And again, maybe, at least when I was growing up, one out of 20 guys might have had a gun, maybe. Oh, you live you lived in a good neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think 
five out of every six. Oh my god! Had a gun. Well, I grew up in the South he Bronx. Was in the Bronx, but you just unless you were part of the gang or or whatever. Right? You know, how did you how did you even come across? You know, man, I don't gun. know. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's, it's amazing. But now parents are gifting guns, gifting to their kids. We in Texas too for Christmas, gifting them guns for Christmas. Come on, man. And there's a whole nother theory behind that too, you know, where we look at the demographics of the neighborhoods where the killings are occurring in. And uh, we've always done a poor job of caring for our own and our own communities. And I think that that's even, the level of violence where that's concerned has even gone up. We've become even more desensitized to to our own. Right. Like we're, especially our young men, like we're expendable. Right. And you don't even really pay attention to it. You know, <laughs> they don't really talk about the Chicago killings much anymore, but it's like every weekend it's like multiple shootings and killings. And it's, it's, I don't know. I don't, it's like, how did we get here? You know, and I don't know. It's 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 sad, but what what can we what do we do? Mm. Or is it is it is it too late? So I've I've got multiple personalities, right? Yeah, I know you know that. <laughs> I do, and so the pessimist in me says, "Yeah, we we missed the boat." The optimist in me says, "No." Because I see so many young folk that are doing positive things to uplift themselves in their communities. Yeah. And so you know that so we've had some people on the show. Yeah. You know, um, Bobby Hampton. Yeah. We had on the show. Right. Phenomenal young lady. Yes. Daughter of a good friend of ours, Carol Hampton. Yeah. Owner of The Date. The Date. Catering. Holiday season if you need catering, Carl. Yeah. Carol Hampton. Call the date. The date. She's on Facebook. And if you're good looking and you're female, after you call Carol (laughs) at the date, call me for a date. See, (laughs) we was doing all right. 15 minutes, we was doing all right. I'm sorry, man. That's all right, bro. I'm still working on my short-term memory. That's okay. Trying to get back on track. I'll help you. (laughs) Mine ain't much better. No, well, yeah. I ain't even had. I can COVID. blame mine on COVID, though. I know I can't. I don't know what I can blame. <laughs> I don't know. Some old habits I used to have, I guess. Yeah. Back in the day. Tell us about some of those old habits and back in uh, South Dallas. Fair we don't. Park. Need, we don't need to know about all that. <laughs> I've been born again. Yes, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and what were we saying? I forgot. See, I forgot. We were talking about violence. And our young folk and becoming desensitized to it. But you know, and you were mentioning some of the positive. There are lots of positive stories. Yes. But the question is, are those the exception? Because, you know, we got to admit, man, we kind of live in a bubble. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, we we do. We do. <laughs> and I don't know if our experiences at this stage in our lives are representative of 
the majority experience, you know what I mean, of, of what's really happening? That's a great question. Because we've kind of removed ourselves from all that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and I'm not proud of it, but. That's, a, that's, a, that's a whole nother issue, though. <laughs> it is. You know, just what are our goals in life? Are we, we are taught and trained to get up and get out, do the Jeffersons, right? Move on up to the east side. Um, but we're the only people that are taught to do that. There's, there's hmm. homes in Highland Park that have been in generations. This is true. People just stay there. They don't sell it. They stay. True. Uh, black people, we bounce. Well, I mean, but you got to look at that historically, though, right? You got to look at what is it that we're gifting, leaving, bequeathing, you know, to our to the next generations. Do we have that kind of wealth where we'd want to or have a home to leave? But I think we don't allow time to accumulate that because. Real estate is, that is something to leave. It is something to leave, but (laughs) we've allowed 400 years to go by. That's some time for you. (laughs) And the opportunities to own land, um, property just didn't exist. I mean, we've heard of all of the stories about, uh, you know, when veterans came back from wars and certain veterans were excluded from home ownership and redlining and and redistricting and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I think that if we had the opportunity to leave something, we would. No? But I think where we have, the mistake we've made, we bought into the water is colder theory. I don't know that theory. I know, the, I know the grass is green theory. <laughs> oh, the ice is colder. I, I don't know that one either. You don't know that one? I don't know. Tell me about that. The ice is colder. That's where we think, well, if the white folk are doing this, that's the way to go. Because if you notice the patterns, we follow them. Yeah. If they move here, we move there. If their kids go to these schools, our kids don't go to those schools. But that's, you know, that's a whole... <laughs> whole psychological brainwashing theory that we could go into there as to why we feel that way. You remember the educational study where the kids were given, was it back in the 60s where the right. kids were given white dolls and black dolls and uh, pick the one that's nice and pick yeah. the one that's bad and all that stuff. I mean, we've lived in a world, uh, and, and you know, this is not a critique, it's just the truth, right? We live in a world in which we've seen the betterment of society be restricted and reserved for a select people. Right. And so we look at it and we say, oh, man, their car is better than ours. Their house is better than ours. They have more money than we do. I want what they have. True. But, you know, I've been recently exposed to some history as as re- around Black entrepreneurship in the U.S. That's right, because you're going for your Ph.D., right? <laughs> no, sir. Dr. Hubbard. No, sir. I can't wait for that day, man. No, man. I'm going to be up there hooting and hollering. No, sir. Dr. Hubbard. Not a doctor. It's okay. But historically, even during slavery, black people were entrepreneurs, business owners, innovators, inventors, 
slavery, white people didn't even know how to really grow cotton until they brought slaves here. We taught them agriculture. So we built, there's one story and his name escapes me. We need to do a whole show on this topic. This guy was a brother. He was the richest man in New York, black or white, a brother. And this was like post-slavery. There's story after story after story of black people being successful, wealthy, in the face of racism, unjust laws, uh, violence, all of that. And over and over and over again, we've done that. So this history has been kept from us, and that's why we think we look at the other people and say, oh, that's better. Oh, let me do that. We don't realize we've done that. We've been there and done that. But if we don't know that history, that's why it's so important that our kids know this stuff. That's why it's being excluded from our educational channels. Right. Because if you have, if I would have known this information I'm learning now, when I was ten or eleven, then my whole my whole way of thinking would have been different. Because I would have been thinking, okay, if these people could do this during slavery and after slavery, why can't I do it now? But the sad part about it is, every time we would build these communities and build these economic ecosystems in our communities they would literally come in and destroy it did anyone say Tulsa Tulsa it happened Durham North Carolina was another place that was similar to Tulsa they would literally come in and destroy it so now we are starting over Stop high-siding!